Cynic Empowerment. Last uh, time so, on Cynic I mean, Empowerment. If you're gonna harvest organs from a particular group, you might as well make sure that they're pacifist as fuck. Because you don't want them coming back and be like, hey, you stole my kidney, man. You, you want them to be like, everything's gonna be fine. And if that kidney goes on to help someone, I'm totally okay oh with that. God. <laughs> if I was wrongly in prison, you know, that cause cause uh okay. <laughs> You're fucking killing me right now. It's fucking okay. So I don't usually do this, but for whatever reason on the previous episode, my laptop decided to record using my laptop mic instead of my Blue Yeti mic. So my voice sounds like echoey trash. If you can't handle echoey trash, I would refrain from listening to this episode. If you can handle echoey trash, uh, you know, please enjoy. If this is your first episode, for the love of God, skip it. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. And I'm Tim Carpenter. Welcome, everyone, today. This is a, a special episode. Uh, as always, we are going to open with a story about potholes. Yes, it <laughs> makes is, sense, right? It's mandatory at this point. If there's not, if, it, if there's not a pothole story, then it wasn't really a true episode of Cynic Empowerment. That's right. Instead of Cynic Empowerment, I think we're going to call this to you like Pothole uh, Online or something like that. Yeah, you know, you know, we we gotta we gotta change things around a little bit. Our central theme is certainly becoming pothole related, yeah. but. Potholes are fantastic. They're they are the most uh, visually apparent and common evidence of rotting infrastructure and a government's inability to keep up that infrastructure. It's it's fantastic, and and this is happening all across the United States. So every time you get that little nationalist tick, we're like, oh, America's the fucking best. Like, <laughs> Oh, country in the world is better than than fucking the United States. Like, well, I mean, I guess you could look at places like Mumbai. Yeah, <laughs> you're the right. most potholes places in the world, and think, yeah, well, America might be at least uh, handling their roads a little bit better than than those fucking underdeveloped countries and, and cities. But I mean, what kind of contest is that? That's not really fair. Yeah, that's right. I mean. <laughs> Being as wealthy as the as the states are, like why is Kansas City, Missouri still experiencing potholes? You know, uh, I think we've we've covered this uh, many times, so I think our listeners have probably developed their own opinions as to why uh, potholes uh, are still a major problem for the majority of American cities. But mm-hmm. uh, this individual here, with all this knowledge. Uh, in, uh, I guess, Waldo, a man in Waldo, I guess it's just right outside of Kansas City, Missouri, had a creative way to address the issue of potholes. So this individual had called his local municipality many times over and over again complaining because the street that he lives on has, I don't know, three monster potholes. The winters are really bad in Kansas City, Missouri. So, you know, come spring every year, the potholes are freaking gross. And... Mm -hmm. So one spring hit, called, called next month, called month after that, and once he realized that the city wasn't going to do shit about it, he decided to have a birthday for the pothole. And this <laughs> pothole he named 
pothole. Wow, that's an original <laughs> name, Jesus. Yeah. Come on, you come up with something a little better than that. I, I don't know. I think it's pretty good. He got he got interviewed by the local uh, CBS news team in uh, in Kansas City, Missouri, and the like. He's like, "Yeah, I decided to have a birthday for Pothole. He seemed to yep. like it. I got a little candle. <laughs> I got a little cake." Mm-hmm. I was going to sing for it, but it, you know, it was hot outside. I didn't really feel like it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a straight up quote. Uh, this guy is just seething with passive aggressive <laughs> hatred for for his uh, local municipality. <laughs> He's like, oh, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use social media to my advantage and my community's advantage. And I am going to show them just how long this pothole has remained in the street despite my efforts to make the local government aware that it still exists. Yeah, this is pretty much using shame for good at its best. He is shaming his local government for not fixing the issue by (laughs) celebrating the three-month-year-old pothole. Yeah. Now, I I know that – you know, I I don't want to be completely – against the local municipality here. I understand that sometimes it's difficult to delegate tasks or know where the issues lie, but there's not a whole lot of an excuse in the situation in which uh, someone like uh, Frank Serrano is letting his government know on a monthly basis that a pothole needs to be fixed. In fact, I've got a little bit of personal experience with this now that we're talking about you know, roads remaining in bad condition for an extended period of time. I spent a lot of time with my in-laws. Um, let's see, it was uh, summer of uh, 2013. Yeah. And their road was god-awful, absolutely terrible. It was a winding country road that was sloped off to the sides, so very poor drainage. Uh, a lot of the uh, asphalt was just kind of sloping off. Like the, the road was literally falling apart, uh, and there were huge cracks in the road. Uh, you could just like tear your 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 suspension all to pieces if you if you took one of the curves a little too hard and hit one of the speed bump like cracks that was right around the corner. Um, actually, I think you might have driven on it at some point. It's Lambert Road. Oh, out, out past- yeah, I have I have driven on that road. Yeah. yeah, it was it was dog shit for a long time, and uh, they complained, they complained, they complained, and ultimately the city agreed to do something about it if. If a lot of the people who were living around that area would be willing to donate some of their land to the city in order to expand the road out because they, they recognized that the way that the road originally had been planned was that uh, the drainage ditches on the side would have to be like filled and expanded outwards in order for it to um, maintain its structural integrity. Damn. So it wasn't like, hey, we're going to give you what your land is worth in order to fix your road. Like, mm, it's one of, no, yeah, they want you, it. Just have to, just, you just have to give it to us. Yeah. In some instances, they might have you know, exercised eminent domain and were just like, well, we're going to buy it from you for you know, like $5 a foot or something, you know, like, something like that. Yeah. Um, but a lot of those folks were giving them pushback. And in, in, uh, in a certain capacity, I think, that they should be allowed to give the government pushback, but it, it's 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 a little too complicated. Like this should have been handled way before this deterioration was occurring to that degree. Right. 
ridiculous. Yeah. And same thing here. It's like if somebody started throwing a birthday for Lambert Road and being like, this, you know, this <laughs> road is absolute dog shit right now. <laughs> Uh, or somebody uh, similar to uh, a story in our previous episode uh, about a, a teenager who was killed after he was riding a motorcycle and, and hit a pothole yeah. and and uh, you know killed him. Uh, then those types of stories have that kind of dramatic um, that, that that dramatic effect that force local municipalities to take a closer look at at what they're doing wrong or. You know, encourage them to try to fix their infrastructures in a little more effective way. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh Jesus. And, uh, um, of course, you guys are not, not sick of potholes yet, right? Oh, you better not be. As soon, all of our stories are just going to be pothole themed. It's just mm-hmm. going to be an hour long dialogue of Tim and I bitching about potholes. Yeah. This is, but it really is like this is one of the most perfect metaphors for our podcast. <laughs> like, you want to talk about something sad, but. Like it's like an it's like an underlying issue. Yeah, <laughs> you get it. It's like Damn it. it's like beneath our feet, you know. It's, like, it's beneath the surface. You know, it's where the you know where the rubber hits the road, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. You. That's all my. It's not even. My, we don't even have like another story to segue into. Those puns were just wasted. Just... Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> God. Well, let's talk about the. Uh, actually. We've already discussed the silver lining of potholes before. Now, obviously, the silver lining is self-apparent uh, in, in the form of a red, white, and blue birthday cake. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, the guy. Yeah, has, gotta celebrate, you know. You got red, white, and blue birthday cake. Yeah, that's it. That's the silver mm-hmm. lining. Patriotism on our cake. Yeah. Local uh, local media outlets are assisting this guy in his effort to put on loudspeaker his failing infrastructure. I love it. Awesome. I love it. Thanks, awesome. social media. That's the true reason why you exist. Yeah, well, in some instances, whenever your uh, your local municipality won't help you fix a road, it's because they're too busy persecuting mothers uh, for uh, n- not being able to protect their unborn children from gunshot wounds. Uh, you know what I mean, Jimmy? Uh, Okay, this is absolutely terrible, y'all. <laughs> Time for you to get your cynic hats on. <laughs> this, yeah, this is, is a very pointed and very, uh, very recent. <laughs> uh, so, as many of you probably already know, there have been sweeping legislations across a lot of our red states uh, across the nation in regards to the fate of mothers. Uh, after they either seek abortion or uh, for apparently any instance of their children experiencing harm within the womb. Um, There is an an unreasonable, absolutely, completely, ridiculously unreasonable uh, expectation that a mother is going to have to sacrifice life and limb, uh, every part of their being, and then some in order to ensure that they give birth to um, you know any any type of of potential child. Yeah. So apparently, uh, so this this story happened in Alabama, and Alabama is, as we all know, is especially harsh when it comes to abortion laws and trying to restrict women from accessing them. But there's also uh, plenty of uh, legislation on the books that allows the state to uh, criminally charge women if 
they are deemed to cause harm to uh, a fetus, no matter what stage of development it's in. Uh, some of these laws is the uh, the chemical endangerment of a child statute, statute, which is basically if you're someone that, I guess, does drugs or drinks alcohol or smokes or whatever while pregnant, I guess the state can uh, use action against you in the criminal uh, court of law, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and there's other basis just basically uh, within this law, which allows the state to look at these embryos or fetuses as uh, basically full, fully few formed human beings uh, when it comes to the types of punishment you'll receive based on these statutes, which is gnarly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm here looking up this uh, the controversial bill. Um, the Alabama Human Life Protection Act is, is what that's called. Okay. Uh, which passed with an overwhelming majority uh, in, in the Alabamian Senate, 25 to 6. Jesus. Um, and this, yeah, this law only allows exceptions to avoid a serious health risk to the unborn child's mother. Uh, and, you know, that would be lethal anomalies, uh, you know, things of, things of that nature, like extreme emergencies that threaten the life of, of everyone involved. Um, and everything else is, you know, going to be considered illegal and prosecuted uh, accordingly. Um, so absolutely, you know, it's, it's a big step back as far as women's rights are concerned. Um, this reduces the sovereignty that they have over their bodies. Um, but you all know this type of thing. Um, this is not something that, that we need to spell out. Uh, but what this means for uh, someone like, um, let's see, what's the, what is, what is her name? This is uh, Marche Jones. Yeah. Uh, she is 27 years old, so she's our age, Jimmy. Yep. Yeah. So how about that? Uh, so she's a she's a pretty young lady. Um, she was pregnant at the time that this uh, this altercation occurred. You know, hence the reason why she's being indicted. Yeah. <laughs> and the controversy seems to to stem uh, from the fact that they believe she put her unborn child in harm's way. Uh, during a an altercation with another woman about the baby's father. Outside of a dollar fucking general. Stay away from Five. dollar general, guys. That's right. That's Stay right. Stay the fuck away. Last week we talked about the police using their undue, unjustified, mm -hmm. I don't know. Authority. Authority. Thank you. Yes. Jesus, I can't speak. Uh, to go and harass some parents over their kid taking a doll, uh, a doll and now we got to yep. deal with this shit happening outside of Dollar General. Just, just stay away, guys. And or we could just look at it as a sign as Dollar, you know, General is, you can connect that to, uh, impoverished or, uh, you know, poor peoples. And, uh, you know, shitty shit's just more likely to happen to poor people. Let's just face it. That's right. That's absolutely true. Uh, and in this instance, speaking of, of local authority figures, Lieutenant Danny Reed seems to be one of the most vocal. Uh, he is uh, he is known to have said things like, it was the mother of the child who initiated and continued the fight, which resulted in the death of her own unborn baby. The investigation showed that the only true victim in this was the unborn baby. So 
he he fully he doesn't even look at her as a victim. Like nope. she got shot with the gun. Not at all. It does, oh my god. He, he looks at her as as someone who put a child in harm's way. Um, now, you know, I, I, it's so difficult to play the devil's advocate here, but I think that just like with any other story that we discuss, it would behoove us to, to attempt to do so. Is there any circumstance in which we could look at Marche Jones and say, yes, she indeed was putting her unborn baby in harm's way, you know, without necessarily uh, uh, paying attention to the fact that that she herself was a victim in this crime. Like, there's, uh, if the situation was different, right? Like, if she had a gun and she was pointing it at someone, like, you know, if a pregnant person has a gun, they're still, you know, you can still defend yourself against them and shoot them before they shoot you, right? And so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's not. So if that was the case, which this is, that isn't the case, I could I could justify it. I think uh, at the same time, I mean, there's no footy foot video footage of this incident. Uh, it Jemison claims that she felt that she was endangered and was defending herself. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, in the instance that she was like holding someone up at gunpoint, and you know, she shot. But- tried to shoot them and it ricocheted and it hit her in the stomach. Like even then I wouldn't necessarily be like, Oh, well charge it with the death of the child. I'll just be like, well, you know, maybe you got what was coming to you. Like you, you, uh, yeah, exactly. Like baby. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, if that would, and that's fucked up. And, and, but at the same time, like, yeah, I could, I could, I could square that circle. I could be like, yeah, you initiated this conflict. The other person felt threatened. They tried to defend themselves. Uh, in the process, you lost your child. It's very sad. This is awful that all this happened. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the person that shot to defend themselves, they're not going to jail, and you're not going to jail either. You've already lost enough. But to take the extra step that Alabama's taking to be like, no, uh, the pregnant woman, she will now have to go to prison. It's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> How did you make that step? Like, I couldn't logically get there without reading the story of, like, what? What happens? Yeah. How did you justify this? It's just so awful. So another couple of the interesting points about this case, Uh, according to Alabama law, uh, manslaughter is defined as a person recklessly causing the death of another person or a person causing the death of another person under circumstances that would constitute murder, except that he or she causes the death due to a sudden heat of passion caused by provocation recognized by law and before a reasonable time for the passion to cool and reason to assert, reassert itself. So as long as you can't maintain culpability uh, for premeditation uh, or the death was caused in a purely reckless fashion, you know, in texting while driving or so on and so forth uh, – yeah. Then you would you would be found guilty of manslaughter if it was to be proven. Uh, also, it it would be classified as a class B felony, which okay. means she's looking at twenty years in prison. Jesus Christ! Twenty yeah, years. That is that is uh, almost all of her life. That you know that's a that's a solid sixty uh, percent right there. So, hmm. you know, take getting, that into for, getting sent to prison for twenty years or be getting from getting shot at with a gun. I mean, that's ultimately what it was. Holy fuck. This is the best fucking part. Oh, my God. Okay. So 
the person who committed the crime, uh, let's see, what is what is this person's name? Jemison is the last name. Yes. What is what is what is her first name? I'm not sure. The, the uh, refers to as Jemison. Okay, so the the shooter Jemison uh, initially faced the charge of manslaughter, um, just like Marche, but the grand jury declined to indict the 23 year old. Okay, so yeah. even the person who pulled the goddamn trigger. Right. Is off charges and they're still considering prosecuting the mother. That's so amazing. Man. Isn't that wow. isn't that beautiful? Wow. Hmm. It's a uh. Like, I don't even know. It almost seems like in like places like Alabama and Florida, like if you have a gun, it means it just means it's like a jail out of get out of jail free card. It's like claim you were scared and that you were holding a gun. It's like, oh, well they were scared and had a gun. Yeah. Huh. They're fine. Like, it's fine. Just, just say self-defense and you're fine. Mm. All fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's that's all you need to do. Yeah, I was claiming self-defense if, uh, I guess if she was antagonizing the other lady, which, you know, I guess pregnant ladies can be intimidating, but not enough for anybody right. to shoot at them. Like, what are they well, going to do? Like, just and, run. And it's, and it's not like Marsha Jones is being charged with, like, assault or battery, right? So yeah. it would have seemed that it was just words. She was yeah. using words against Jemison. Yep. And that was, I guess, excuse enough with the, like, the Alabama, uh, you know, courts to be like, yeah, that, that's justified in shooting somebody if they're saying mean words to you. That's fine. She also had a gun. Wouldn't that necessarily – I mean I think that in a way uh, represents premeditation. You know, like what? Why, she had a gun. You know, she she had a, a, a tool with which she would use. But uh, they're at a dollar store. What? They sell guns at the dollar store? No. No, that's what I'm getting at. I'm just saying that this is America. People walk around with guns all the time. So why is it that whenever somebody uses a gun, they're not automatically assumed to have committed manslaughter, you know, because, you know, they or, or ah, fuck outright homicide because they premeditatedly put that gun in their pocket with the intent to perhaps use it? I mean, I, I can follow you, follow you down this philosophical rabbit hole, but I, I don't think the court would ever look at it that way. Not Alabama, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, unless unless like someone put a gun on this person and went directly to some place with the intent of killing that person, I, I don't think it would work. I, I yeah. think these people just saw each other. They happened to be at Dollar General at the same time. You, you have to have like a tag on the end of it that says like the next one's for Mache Jones. Exactly. Yeah. Something basically, like, like 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 well, that's literally, probably, that's probably homicide. I, you know. Uh, yeah. I, Danny Reed, what do you think about that? You think that homicide's like, no, she killed her baby. She killed her baby. He fucking killed her baby. There's a dead baby. Somebody's going to jail. I don't don't care who, but we got to find somebody. (laughs) Whoa, Danny Reed, why do you sound like Darth Sidious? Let your hatred consume you. (laughs) Exactly. That's what he looks like, too, motherfucker. Let's see if I can find this guy. Alabama.com. Oh, geez. I don't want to be on this website anymore. It's a fun website. This is terrible. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to get out of there. What's the silver lining, Jimmy? 
Oh, we the silver lining to this amazing story mm-hmm. is that uh, we no longer have to say nice things about Alabama. Before yeah. we said, we, before we said, Ella, you know, Birmingham was cool. I mean, I guess theoretically Birmingham could still be cool because this didn't happen in Birmingham. Yeah. Did, did it? <laughs> Actually, uh, let's see. No, this oh. is Pleasant Grove, just west of Birmingham. <laughs> All right. So, great. Okay, so basically Birmingham. I don't yeah. fucking know. Yeah, pretty much. I, that, that we can stop being nice to Alabama. I don't know, man. It, it helps us. I think the silver lining is that we can have more clear-cut lines about what type of um, retail establishments we should spend our time around. Uh, Dollar yeah. General, in particular, obviously incites violence, yeah. so we should avoid Dollar General stores. Just, just don't go to Dollar General, y'all. Don't go to Dollar General. Oh my God. Also, uh, this story is representative, among many other stories that have been occurring lately, that if you Think hard enough, and if you try hard enough, you can make a law about anything. You know, you can anything. You can make it illegal to eat fucking cotton candy, or even better, make it illegal to not eat a certain amount of cotton candy every day. Because you know that's what makes everybody happy—a little bit of tooth decay. You know, yeah. just fucking do it. You know, let's, like, let's go make a cotton candy law. Let's sign a petition. Let's get it going. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And in the yeah. instance that we we can't work that out, then I don't know. Maybe we should at least try to attack one of the uh, more prominent problems with our recycling. You know, I don't know. Maybe make it illegal to just throw plastic in landfills. That sounds reasonable, right? Yes. Right. 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 Um, right. I mean, it's it's more reasonable than the last story. That's for certain. Yeah. Absolutely. That's not um, saying a lot. So uh, we're getting our next story here from The Guardian. Uh, apparently they did an investigation in which they found that a, a significant portion of your plastic recycling gets dumped straight into the landfill. Yeah. So apparently China is one of the number one buyers of American plastics. Yeah. I guess we don't have a lot of facilities for processing them. Yep. And then as of 2017, China was like, we don't need your shitty plastics anymore. Mm-hmm. And with that, uh, apparently only 56% of the plastics Americans try to recycle by taking them to recycling facilities gets recycled, meaning yeah. that 44% of the shit, people that are actively recycling, just gets thrown in landfills. Oh, so man. about half. Yeah. So uh, all that time you take, like sorting out and cleaning the packaging and putting it in separate containers, making sure it's just so, so that way you can feel like a good person and that you're helping this rotting infrastructure. Uh, yeah. It's just going to landfills. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, you know this is this is one of the uh, side effects of trying to have a trade war with a world power. You know, you you want to ensure that uh, certain problems that you're having can be mitigated by your partners around the world if they have the ability to do something positive about it. But in the instance that you're going to treat them like shit, then they'll place bans on you. You know, like they'll 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 place uh, tariffs and 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 sanctions uh, on your exports. And in the instance they're getting rid of your fucking trash, that they're they're trying to recycle your plastics. You know, just don't don't 
fucking mess with it. You know, it's very important that we're able to get rid of something like that. Uh, there are a couple of other countries, Vietnam, Turkey, Malaysia, and Senegal, that are still accepting uh, United States plastics. But uh, because China is is banning a significant majority of it, or it, it might be, uh, let's see, shut its doors to all but the highest quality plastics. And this was in the previous, uh, the previous year. This started in 2017. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, big issue. Uh, stuff's just going to be thrown away. Um, also have a little bit of, of personal experience with recycling woes in the area in which I'm currently living in. Now, I'm located right outside of the District of Columbia, right? This is a large metropolitan area, uh, Alexandria, Virginia in particular, uh, that should, ought to <laughs> have the ability to be able to process a wide variety of recyclable materials, uh, but as of late, it is it has come to the surface that glass is an incredibly difficult uh, thing to recycle, uh, mainly because this uh, – uh, what they call one stream, which is where you basically throw all of your recycling into a single dumpster. That goes yeah. to the distribution facility, and then that you know kind of spreads out depending on what kind of facility they need in order to process it. Yeah. Glass just is not – easy to process. You know, it's, it's very hard. It damages machinery for other materials. Uh, it's dangerous to handle. It could cut workers. Uh, so they've decided to stop accepting it in that particular program. And yeah. And, and, and yeah, in a, in a large metropolitan area, like, Oh, no more glass then. Uh, so they're trying to move towards, uh, a, uh, a specialized, um, you know, several specialized locations around the city in which people can uh, concentrate all of their glass recycling because there is a private company, <laughs> go figure, Yay. that yep, decided that they would be able to process that glass if it was put into a particular type of dumpster, if it went straight to their facility, and if they could turn it into uh, a product called cullet, which is like a, um, a, a, a a substance used in the production of man-made sand, which I thought we had plenty of, but yeah, let's go to the beach. Like, what? Yeah. Where's all the sand? Okay. okay, that's exactly what it is. It's probably for like landscaping and stuff like that, but I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. But regardless, you know, that's that's um, If you just, give us a giant tax break and allow us to build this uh, giant facility uh, in this part of town and not charge us taxes for the next year. If you could take that glass off your hands and make a giant profit from it. Yeah, absolutely, and that and that's what they're doing. They 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 saw uh, you know a need whether or not it was uh, able to be circumvented, uh, and you know they 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 fucking ran with it. They they found a way for the government, the local municipality, to pay them to take care of it effectively. Oh, oh man, so good. Yeah. Uh, it sucks. Uh, and there are all kinds of issues with recycling, like, you know, people not properly cleaning out their stuff, people recycling things that are obviously not recyclable, uh, you know, uh, things being improperly uh, organized. Where I work, someone put a coffee mug in the recycling, like, like just like a ceramic coffee mug. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's pretty neat. Hmm. It's things like that that make me question whether I'm surrounded by idiots. Yeah, apparently there are a lot of like elastic or not elastic, but like um, I guess you could call them elastic, like stretchy materials that 
are unable to be recycled by most municipalities uh, simply because it can't, you, you know, they can't be break down effectively. Mm. Uh, things like that. Uh, also, like uh, food products that aren't clean. Like, <laughs> why the hell are you you putting like a peanut butter jar inside of your recycling? Oh, right. You don't clean out the peanut butter. Yeah, not cool, dude. Not cool. Yeah, not cool. Uh, You're not helping anybody, you dumbass. You don't get to feel good about yourself for recycling for putting that dirty ass fucking peanut butter jar in the fucking recycling ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Oh, jeez. Uh, so. What exactly is a high-quality plastic? I don't know. I assume it has something to do with the numbers you see underneath, and I think some numbers are high-quality, some are not. Uh, here, here's a quote here. There's no question that number three, four, six, and seven plastics are going into landfills and incinerators. We have a huge problem. So maybe the plastics that aren't three, four, six, and seven are the good ones? I really don't know. Oh man! I'm guessing it's your it's your sturdy hard plastics, not your flimsy crap plastics that you were talking about earlier. That that would be my best guess, but I'm not a a plastic expert. So, uh, bottles are a good example of a plastic that retains its value pretty well. Okay. Uh, and uh, they actually have some numbers denoting denoting uh. Plastic values number three, four, six, and seven plastics are going into landfills and incinerators. I assume that there's some kind of some kind of numbering system there. That's yeah. You know, you've seen the numbers underneath the bottles and shit like that inside the recycle symbol, right? Okay, yeah. I guess yeah. That that would be it. Um, so those are the ones that are are going in the trash. Uh, I'm not saying that we should not use those products altogether, but you should probably consider that when purchasing items that are of a non-recyclable nature, you know, glass especially, you know, because I know, I know that other countries around the world have the ability to be able to recycle that gl- glass effectively, but because our infrastructure has not been built around it in that way, or, or if your local municipality doesn't have the ability to be able to process that, maybe you should consider a different type of packaging. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends all on where you live. I mean, obviously, there's the big ones that looks like they're not going to be accepted anywhere now due to nowhere to export them to. But, I mean, I guess, you know, if you are recycling, make sure to look at your recycler's website to see what they can and cannot process. Yeah. But, and like them said, you know, buy accordingly to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just things like this. Like when I when I think of like why I'm a cynical person, I'm like, oh, it's because, like, like as far as saving the planet, recycling isn't enough. Recycling's not going to get us there. Like if everyone, like as of right now, started recycling and doing everything they could, like we're still going to live in a fucking giant volcanic hell Venus world that has been destroyed by the greenhouse effect. Like that, that's going to happen no matter how much recycling you do. Yeah, it, I think it slows down our consumption a tad, but I mean, you still have to use energy in order to process that stuff. You still have to use, uh, um, you know, fossil fuels in order to transport it to those facilities because we don't have those alternatives just yet. Uh, and we don't have any, any way to stop the bleeding. 
uh, it, it'll still occur. It'll, it just might occur a little more slowly. Exactly. So to add the extra layer that recycling isn't enough, and this article shows that recycling is even less effective than we originally thought it was, I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to blow my brains out. I don't know. It's just like, it's just, yeah. it's just so demoralizing. It's like, what? Why do we even try anything? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it really blows, uh, especially when you consider the ideal behind recycling. Like, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but I think it's touted as being more effective than it actually is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of like, uh, I mean, I guess you could compare it to your fifth grade sex education class. <laughs> 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 you know, like it, you can you can talk about people like, oh, you know, if you want to have sex, like you can do these things and you can uh, you can avoid STDs by using a prophylactic or or different things like that. But the best way to avoid those types of things is complete abstinence. So, yeah, if you want to save the planet, uh then just go be a hermit off in the woods. Yeah. Use absolutely no fossil fuels whatsoever. There you go. Live off the land in the most sustainable fashion that you can and uh, hope that the worldwide population of uh, mammals and other methane-producing animals is uh, ultimately going to fall into decline, and then maybe we'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Um uh... I don't want to get too nitty gritty into it, but I mean, the number one, you know, producers of all these awful things is, you know, you've already like mentioned our agriculture and then just industry in general. So, yeah. uh, I guess we got to hope our overlords decide to get their shit together so we don't all die. But, you know, until that happens, we can just, you know, mm-hmm. recycle. Yeah. They have a lot of incentive to do that type of thing. <laughs> oh, no, man. They're fucking going to go to Mars. Yeah. Elon Musk is going to take all the rich boys to Mars, and we're going to be fucked here. That's right. Yeah, we're going to have a little, uh, a little climate-ridden apartheid going on. Yep. Mm-hmm. We can't wait. Uh, looking geez. forward to it. Jeez. It's almost. I look forward to it as almost as much. I look forward to a nice, comfy pair of boots. You know what I'm saying, Tim? Uh, I don't really have money for that kind of stuff, so I wouldn't know. You don't, don't have. Oh yeah, we already talked about this. You don't you want to buy new boots for your current work? Yeah, man. I don't. I don't, don't want to do that. Uh, wait, have we already talked about this? Have we already talked about these boots? Not today. We haven't. Oh okay. Uh, I got, <laughs> it's something that we've postured on in the past. Um, yeah. Just so you guys know, there's no silver lining to that last one. Oh <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome. Before yeah, before we move on, uh, yeah, no silver lining. I guess like people can make little man-made islands and then go on a you know a Vice News special about how awesome they're being. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's about the extent of it. Oh my god! Oh, look at this island that my wife and I made. Out of made out of bottles. We used we used literal trash to make this island. We're a trash island. We have a yeah. goat and a chicken. <laughs> And we live on this house. By the way, me and my wife are both programmers. We make over $300,000 a year and we can afford to do this. If you're a poor plebeian, you just suck. You don't care about the planet. 
I was just thinking, it's like, hey, uh, that's really cool. How does your how does your lifestyle afford you the ability to be able to take all that time to build a man made island? And then you start to notice that none of these couples have children. Yeah, you know, they're just like lonely, bored adults. <laughs> That would rather not travel, I guess, and just like sit at home making plastic islands. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so bullshit. Oh geez, it's but I mean, if they were really trying to get the most bang for their buck, wouldn't they just like buy actual land? I mean, you know, buy once, cry once. You know that? I, you ever heard? That? I've never heard that, but I can. I'm down with buy once, cry once. Buy once, cry once. Unless you don't have the money to buy once, cry once, and then you're going to cry multiple times. Yep. <laughs> we're going to illustrate for you. So I think this best. This, this is a little bit of a lengthy, lengthy quote. It comes from uh, Terry Pratchett's uh, a Terry Pratchett novel, who's the guy who wrote the Discworld series that fantasy book readers that listen to this podcast might be familiar with. And I think we're just going to read this quote so you guys can get a uh, a good concept of it. Do you want to read it, Tim? Or you want me to read it? Oh, you go for it. Okay. So here we go. Um, the reason that the rich were so rich, Vimes reasoned, was because they managed to spend less money. Take Boots, for example. He earned $38 a month plus allowances. A really much. good pair of leather boots cost $50. But an affordable pair of boots, which were sort of okay for a season or two, then leaked like hell when the cardboard gave out, cost about $10. Those were the kind of boots Vimes always bought and wore until the soles were so thin that he could tell where he was in Ankh Morpok on a foggy <laughs> night by the feel of the cobbles. But the thing was that good boots lasted for years and years. A man who could afford $50 had a pair of boots that'd still be keeping his feet dry in 10 years' time, while the poor man who could only afford cheap boots would have spent $100 on boots in the same time and would still have wet feet. This mm. was Captain Samuel Vimes' boots theory of socioeconomic unfairness. Mm. Yeah, I know whenever I'm walking through Ankh-Morpok on a foggy <laughs> night, oh, those cobbles will go right through my fucking paper shoes. Jeez. I like this guy. This guy is like a, a philosopher and obviously uh, has a little bit of knowledge. You know, he's 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 woke as fuck. Yeah. And, and then uh, he still continues to buy cheap ass boots, which is not really in good faith with his character. Well, it's because he has so little money that he's he's forced to buy the cheap boots. So when it comes time around that his his boots are no longer good, he pulls out his wallet and goes, huh? I can either, you know, starve for the rest of this month and have and save up for some nice shoes or I could keep eating and uh, get the shitty shoes. Yeah. So ugh. it totally makes sense. I totally get it. Um, if you don't have enough disposable income to be able to purchase the good stuff the first time around, you end up spending way more than you need to buying the shitty thing. Because that's the way capitalism works, yeah. and you have this uh, competition within the market. Uh, when in actuality, it's just you know these are the products that poor people buy, these are the products that rich people buy. All of the high quality materials and resources are held for the people who are able to pay the premium that is uh, affixed exactly. to that. 
and everybody else is going to buy you know cheapo boots from Walmart. Right. Uh, speaking of Dollar General. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Dollar General. Um, I, I feel like Dollar General is just like a store with things shaped like the things you want. Right. They have like a thing that they call a spatula and it's shaped like a spatula. But it barely functions as a spatula. Like it looks like it, and if it was yeah. like on a set in a TV show, you could convince people it is what it looks like. But it it does. It's just it's trash. It doesn't function or do what it's supposed to for any reasonable sense of time. You try to flip like an an omelet that weighs a few ounces, and it just like snaps off. It's like whoa. Like this felt way more sturdy when I was diddling it in the store. Exactly. What the fuck happened? But then you look at the price tag and you were like, oh, that cost 89 cents. No, duh. I guess I'll just go buy another 89 cent spatula so that I can flip my next three omelets and then I'll go buy another 89 cent spatula. And before you and, know it, you spend a thousand dollars on spatulas. Yeah. So, I mean, this, you could take this two ways. Like if everybody was, uh, a, a rational actor, uh, and, they all had the ability to be able to choose exactly what they were going to do with their money each month. Um, not to mention like you're, you're going to have to automatically exclude things like debt and credit because that's, that's going to give people the opportunity to be able to buy more expensive things. If, if the, you know, the institutions that control uh, those resources uh, see that as a profitable choice. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I don't know. I, it, especially in the United States, I think it's difficult to apply the boots theory of socioeconomic unfairness to our type of relative poverty. I think it's much easier to look at, at underdeveloped countries and see that you know there is absolutely no opportunity for them to have any type of credit. There's no opportunity for them to be able to spend any more than they make, and what they make is is very, very little. Right. So in the instance that you are absolutely forced to only be able to spend exactly what you have, and that is not enough in order to buy quality products that are going to last you longer than the shitty shit that you are able to literally afford, right. then I think the boots theory of economic, socioeconomic unfairness absolutely works. Right. I mean, you don't even have to go to like some underdeveloped country. I mean, have you been to Walmart? I mean, it's a fucking store filled with products that, you you know don't last very long. Yeah. That, yeah, that's just – I think that's the, the way that our uh, economy has kind of been pushed towards uh, at least since uh, – I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know if the 1950s would be a good spot to put or the 1940s when you start to see a, a real uptick in uh, plastics productions mm-hmm. um, at, you know, in the replacement of heavier metals and more durable materials. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially within um, uh, power tools, mm-hmm. uh, you start to see a, a decline. Uh, even in even in some of your your metals, like you see uh, cheaper and cheaper alloys being used uh, in order to uh, to make the what 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 ought to be the most durable portions of your machine. You know, thus causing them to fail or have a have a, a shorter lifetime than um, uh, their ancestors, which had hardier components. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. so it, it's a yeah. Our economy is is driven towards that kind of thing. You also have uh, rational actors who are incredibly frugal. They don't necessarily spend things uh, just because they have it. 
they they try to save in an effort to uh, you know one day be able to buy their fifty dollar boots, uh, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Like if if they know that that's the if they know that that's the better uh, thing and, and that's the thing that they're ultimately working towards and they have the ability to buy it then then why don't they just do a little bit of basic mathematics to figure out that they're going to be spending far less in the future just by buying that product you know spending spending more in the immediate well I mean that's going back to the I don't know rational actors or you know people don't always know what's best for them yeah. I mean, I guess they, be like, that kind I'm of going to be frugal. I'm going to buy this really cheap thing because I don't deserve $50 boots. I just deserve the $10 boots. And I'm going to have all this extra money over here now. Not realizing I, that their shit's going to fall apart. I like that you use the word deserve. Where did that come from? I don't know. I Well, it's, it's fascinating. It's like I, I don't – you know, d- deserve uh, insinuates – uh, the worth of the individual, right? Like, you know, what exactly did they do in order to warrant them having the thing that they are purchasing, right? So if you take purchasing out of the equation and you're just allotting resources based on merit uh, and not cost or, or your ability to be Money able to trade. merit, Tim. Exactly, exactly. And then the, uh, the idea that uh, uh, someone who is wealthy can buy – a $200 bottle of wine while uh, someone who is homeless is not able to drink a, a 40 ounce of steel reserve on the corner. You know, like that's there, there's, there's a, a certain um, uh, allowance given to people who are, you know, wealthy, it, you know, at least in a, in an, in an ethical sense. Oh yeah. I'll allow them to do whatever they want because they can afford it. And anyone who can't afford it obviously doesn't deserve to have it. Exactly. It's like what? That, that's some, that's some good from? circular logic right there. Yeah. It's like what the fuck? If you can afford it, you deserve it. If you can't afford it, you don't deserve it, and uh, you, you probably suck. Exactly. Those aren't my uh, views. Yeah. Those are just the As views the, that have been drilled into us since we were young Americans. Well, that's what makes the most effective working class. You know, people who are willing to continually strive and work for the belief that they are going to be deserving of the things that they have. Uh, when instead it's like you know just because you exist you should have certain things uh, uh, available to you at least. No, Tim, that's communism. It's not communism. It's communism, it's just, damn. Like all the, all the shit has been appropriated by powerful uh, powerful groups who have uh, a monopoly on violence. So you can't have property without buying property from someone who owns it. No, we and just got to kill it. the Native Americans, damn. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you just take it from people that you can take it from, and then it's yours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Why even spend $10 on boots when you can just steal the $50 boots from the rich guy? Oh, wait, what? Flipping this on its head. I was, yeah, I was going to flip it on its head. Uh, uh well, Robin but I mean, if if you wanted to look at it like, uh, you know, going back to the Native American comment you just made, like they had fifty dollar boots, and the English that were coming to the area saw those fifty dollar boots and said, "Oh, well, you know, we, you know, we obviously have to have this land if we're going to be able to settle and colonize and, uh, you know, ultimately build governments and municipalities here. So you're going to take your fifty dollar boots away, uh, and." Thus, 
economic uh, socioeconomic unfairness ensues. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that's one of the things that like it pisses me off when uh, I don't know people that have money make fun of uh, poor people for making bad decisions because like, they act like all the same options that are available to them are available to poor people, which I yeah. think this little anecdote shows that they're not. They don't have all the same options. People are doing the best they can with what they have, and mm-hmm. because of that, they're not afforded all the same options and opportunities. And so uh, give poor people a fucking break. Yeah, who in the world is not trying their damnedest to have the best life that they think they can? They're not always going to make the most intelligent decisions, but if someone is making an unintelligent decision based on ignorance, do we blame them for that? Yeah. Like, is, is it fair to to uh, hold someone responsible for their lack of intelligence? Exactly. That's silly. Not to say that we should turn a blind eye to people who are intentionally being stupid, but uh, I think the majority of people are are you know trying as hard as they feel they ought to in order to try to make their life as good as they can. Exactly. Right. And if we're going to ignore that, then you know. <laughs> Why even bother having the conversation? Yeah, absolutely. You know, treat treat others how you'd want to be treated. Like if you're the person uh, who is going to be struggling, or or find yourself in a situation in which you're a little bit less than uh, um, fully informed, you'd want somebody to give you a little compassion. Like <laughs> it makes a little bit of sense. Like I'm being a dummy. I want people to you know treat me with empathy because I know they've been a dummy before too. That's right. All right, Tim. Yeah. So with this in mind, what is the silver lining to Boots' theory of socioeconomic unfairness? Um, well, I guess you could look at it a couple different ways. Uh, the silver lining is you know, one of those concepts that we brought up, which is essentially synonymous with the, the theory, uh, the buy once, cry once principle. It's like, you know, it might suck that you have to pay more for quality products, but those quality products are ultimately going to last you longer. Uh, you're going to have less stress trying to constantly replace them, and you're going to be able to be more sustainable uh, if you're talking about actual material possessions, if you're looking at this in more of a philosophical sense or, or you know, metaphor, meta, um, uh, metaphorical sense, um, I guess it's – I don't know what the silver lining would be because it's just, it's just uh, a, a description of, of why this situation is unfair. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it's just it's, – it's hitting the nail on the head. Uh, in relation to why certain people have shittier things, why uh, you know poor people pay more for the products, resources, and services that they are uh, unable to otherwise not use because there are no cheaper alternatives. I like it. What do you What do you think? I mean, it, I know. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. It's more of a an anecdote describing. Uh, uh, economic unfairness in a very nice and simple way. So it's like, mm-hmm. basically just like, what's the silver lining to poor people not being able to buy nice things so they stop being poor? It's like, oh, I guess there isn't yeah. really anything good to say about that. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just sad. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, it's just awful in and of itself. 
Yeah, it's it's telling you what you effectively already know. Yeah, you know this is uh it's, this is nothing new, obviously. Right. Uh, I guess I guess one of the silver linings, at least in in the developed first world, is the, you know this doesn't really happen that often. You know, like there there you have more options than you think you do for the most part. Um, and if you if you really need something like quality boots, there are ways that you can you can find them. And, you know, even if they are. Uh, you know, five times more expensive than the alternative. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that you need to think outside the box. I'm not saying that you need to exercise some kind of extra special intellectual force. Uh, but there, there are ways to do it. You know, just do your research. Public libraries are free to everyone. <laughs> you know, like just uh, go in there, hop on a computer, do some searching, get some get some info, get woke. On a Google search, how do I afford nice boots? Let's see what Google tells me. And then it's just going to be ads. <laughs> ads for boots. Buy, yeah. buy our nice boots. Yeah, actually, what does happen when you look at I don't know. It's going to be ads for boots. Uh... Mm, mm, uh, 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 uh. No, it's just informational articles. That's great. Oh, well, shit. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Something that wins. Okay. I didn't expect that. Yeah. One point for Google. Yay, Google! But then again, your Google searches could be different than my Google searches. No, you know, that's going to check. Kind of how that works. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So there you have it. Uh, those are our stories for today. Uh, we thank you for listening, as usual. If you are interested in commenting on any of these stories, uh, if you want to uh, throw a big old middle finger at Jimmy and I and say that we're wrong, you want to critique us, you want to criticize us, we'd actually love you to do that. If you would just drop us a line, there are a couple of places that you can get in contact with us. Jimmy, where, where are all those places? All right. If you are interested in getting in contact with us, you can do so by emailing us at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you there. You can also like us on Facebook at Cynic Empowerment and send us a message or tweet at us at Cynic Empower Me One on the Twitter. Oh, yeah. And before we go, of course, we can't forget Jimmy. What's making you sad? So, uh, the first, you know, Democratic debates, debates happened recently. And, yeah, uh, I, I just, uh, <laughs> on my Facebook, I just foresee many amazing, amazing political arguments. Just families tearing each other apart on <laughs> Facebook, just saying the most hurtful, awful things. And, and, uh, I mean, part of me, I'm saying it as my sad thing, but I'm also looking forward to it. Uh, I love it. I love seeing the awful takes people have on complex issues, and I, I'm look, I look forward to see more of it. It makes me sad on some level, but it also uh, gives me strength. Yeah, gives me. Uh, I mean, they were they were fun little fun little jaunts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of silly that they broke it up into two nights, but I oh, mean, yeah. I guess I get. Um, do what you got to do, I suppose. If there's a shit ton of candidates, yeah. you know. They, we're forming like a little like democratic army to try to go up against Dontron. Yeah. Oh, dude. I don't know. No, that's gonna go. Uh, I'm so, dude. I'm so excited. No, yeah. no matter what happens, Tron, Tron winning again, Tron losing. No matter what happens, I'm stoked. 
Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a wild ride. I'm looking forward to it. The entertainment value of this next election is gonna be mm, wonderful, primo, very good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, well, I don't really have a whole lot of reasons to be sad. Like, I'm looking outside. It's a beautiful day. You know, I'm I'm about to go get my workout in. Uh, but I am kind of burning the wick at both ends, and I'm sure y'all have heard me be sad about this before, but there just ain't enough time in the day. Yep. You know, I'd love to be able to do more. I'd love to not have to, to sleep. Yep. <laughs> I'd love to be able to just go, go, go all the time and do all the cool things, but, you know, we're limited. We have to pick and choose. It's what gives our choices meaning, so I can deal with it. It's all good, right, Jimmy? That's right going to be okay and if it's not okay then maybe alabama will come in and oh try to slap a random ass manslaughter no 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 no, 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 no. if you're in alabama this is what you need to do you just have to have a gun on you having a gun on you and firing it and saying self-defense is like a jail out of free card like we just seen it someone shot a pregnant woman in the belly and they're not going to fucking jail because they scream self-defense. Like, mm-hmm. if if instead of the story had been Marsha Jones had murdered Jemison's ass and said self-defense, do you think Marsha Jones would be going to jail? Hell no, because her baby's still alive. She defended her baby. <laughs> That's yeah. how Alabama's law, law works. Exactly. And you know what? Don't just have one gun. Have two guns, because how many hands do you have? Two hands. And then once your kid's born, four guns. That kid can hold guns too. Oh, yeah. Get those like sweet little like shoulder-attached rocket launcher-looking like things that are on the Iron Man suits. Oh, I was thinking, you know, like the baby holder things where you have like your baby in front of you and their arms are just like dangling and they're just like looking out. You could have like yeah. the baby attached to your chest. Baby with guns, yeah. you with guns. So you're like four-armed gunning. Oh yeah, and then you can look like Neo off the Matrix, where you're like, doo, 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 you know, like shooting the guns all over the place. And then whoever you hit, all you got to do is be like, "Oh, Lieutenant Reed, uh, they said that I needed to go fuck myself," and he'll be like, Whoa, "You can't say that to people in public. That's so rude. That's manslaughter. I hope you shot them right in the face for saying that to you." And it was like, well, I'll have you know, officer, I shot that person as well as many others. And I'm like, okay, well, good for you. But, but, but for it's like, rights. he's just like, whoa, 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 <laughs> but did you shoot the gun in self-defense? Yes. Okay, then it's fine. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah, I, I broke into their homes and murdered them in self-defense. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, justified. Yeah. Yeah, microaggressions and stuff. Yeah, they were, they were, they were. They were threatening me, officer. I don't really think anything else. They were threatening with me by sleeping in their homes. Undisturbed. Yeah. <laughs> blam, blam. That happened. Cool. Yeah, let's let's bring him back down at the very end of the podcast. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs>